pull up a bar stool. Lots to cover today. Um, and you may even hear in the background right now. I don't know how well my mic's going to pick it up. But uh, my five-year-old son's home today. And uh, he may be shouting around. That actually leads to my first topic. We talk about a little bit of a work-life balance today. How I juggle it and my thoughts there. Um, we're going to get into, of course, some Facebook marketing stuff. The new campaign structure, what you need to know. As of recording this at this moment, Facebook's supposedly rolling it out. I don't yet have it, but I uh, hope to very soon. We're going to get into Facebook page tagging and whether it matters, what you need to know there. That's about it, really. Let's see what we have time for. Pop a bottle. Let's do it. Hey everybody, John here from JohnLimmer.com and John Limmer Digital on Facebook. Here with another edition of the Social Media Pubcast where each week I invite you to the virtual pub and we get drunk on social media. Alright, so it's just you and me, kid. Alright, so I'm working on a Legend Pale Ale from Legend Brewing Company in Richmond, Virginia. This is, uh, again, an Amy Porterfield special. Thank you, Amy. Really good stuff. Um, what are you drinking? What? You don't have you don't have a beer. You don't have a drink. It could be a water. That's fine. You can be the responsible one. It could be a coffee. I don't know what time of day you're you're listening. And you could be driving to work. That would be bad if you're drinking a beer in the car on the way to work. That'd be bad. So go ahead, press pause, get yourself a drink, raise a glass. Cheers. All right. So. As I said at at the beginning, um, you'll probably hear my five-year-old run around yelling yelling in the background every once in a while, and that wouldn't be unique just to this episode, but um, you'll probably hear it on on, uh, any other recording that I may do. It's it's just tricky doing what I do, working from home, and uh, occasionally I've got my kids home as well, and I just can't expect life to stop here right so um but that's okay and that's just one of those things i've come to accept it it's all right because that's my life right so it you know i've been thinking about this a lot lately because um i'll see this a lot where uh um you know entrepreneurs like us will write about or talk about how hard they work but it'll be one of those things where it's um, it's almost something they're bragging about, right? So I'm working 24 hours a day, which obviously is impossible. But they're working every night, you know, to 2 a.m. Uh, they, they don't even know what a weekend is anymore. And they say it as if that's something that you should strive for as well. I got to say... I really disagree with this approach, and, and let me tell you why. There's and maybe this is just me. First of all, I, I got to be clear about that. Um, if if what you are shooting for is the most successful possible business in the world, and you're going to make millions of dollars, and your business is your life, I get it. That's cool. For me, I'm doing what I do provide the flexibility I need 
to live the lifestyle I desire. So, um, and I don't want to bog down this episode too much, but if you don't know my my history, my past, um, and kind of my outlook on life, really goes back to the fact that our oldest son is a cancer survivor. And he's now 10 years cancer-free, very healthy, he's fine, nothing to be worried about, knock on wood. Um, but that whole event kind of changed our perspectives on life and our family. And um, from that point forward, it also made, made me desire a certain lifestyle where I spent as much time as possible with my kids um, that I could. And while it didn't, that didn't happen immediately, that was my desire. So when I was finally thrown out onto my backside um, and had to find a, my, find a job, um, it became clear that I, I wanted full control over, you know, um, or much more control than I'd had over my travel and how much I see my kids grow. And one of the things that's really impo- really important to me is coaching their baseball teams. You'll hear me talk about it a lot. And baseball just officially is underway again. And so it's one of the most exciting times for me um, because of that. I've got our first Little League practice of the season today. I've already started preparing for it. Can't wait. So I do what I do to provide flexibility so I can, when my kids come home, um, really, you know, from there until dinner time, I'm kind of in and out between work and them. And when I say when they come home, I'm talking mainly the older kids. Um, and, and really after dinner, from that time until they go to bed, I'm not working. And when they do go to bed, there's often some time in there too, where I'm not working. I'm, I'm hanging out with my wife, um, enjoying time with her as well. And then weekends, I'm doing stuff I want to do with my, my kids. And a lot of that has to do with baseball again. And this time and time of the year, so today, for example, we'll have baseball practice and it starts at 4.30. And to be ready and to get there in time, I'll probably stop working today at 3 or 3.30. And I'm okay with that. But you know what? Um, business will suffer a little bit as a result because add up all those minutes that I'm hanging out with the kids, hanging out with my family, and especially during baseball season where it's going to be a little bit busier for me, that's less I can put into my business. And I'm okay. I'm okay with that because I do what I do for that flexibility. Now, there's a balance there. You got to do it well enough to have that flexibility. But I see personally no need to push it to extremes so then it cuts into the reason why I do this in the first place. Otherwise, why am I doing it? Um, I know you could say, well, you're building for the future. I get that. Um, I just, I have a hard time living every moment as if this is some preparation for something in the future that we don't know what's going to happen between now and then. So there is a balance. I do want to build to a point for the future, but I want to live in the now as well. So I just want to give you some background on, on what on, on kind of my thoughts there 
And and if you have similar kind of a similar outlook, I just want to tell you, don't feel guilty for taking breaks. Don't feel guilty for enjoying your weekends. Don't feel guilty for hanging out with your family and watching your kids grow. Because if that's why you do this, enjoy it guilt-free. Otherwise, you know, maybe you should sit down and think about why you do what you do. All right? Is that something to do a cheers to? I think so. I'm a little thirsty. Cheers. Okay, so next up, the biggest news, and this was, you know, this has been coming for a while. I had heard about it. Oh, man, at least a couple months ago. But I've been kind of having this day. Um, I say this day. This is the 4th of March, Tuesday. Circled on my calendar for a while, even though as I look at my calendar, it's still on February. Dang it. Um, just just so you, you kind of picture my office. I have a, a baseball calendar, no surprise. And February is stuck on Monty Irvin. March will be the Washington Senators. I gotta, I gotta move that. So anyway, March fourth has been circled on my calendar because this is the day that, that Facebook is going to roll out the new campaign structure, and we'll get to what that means in a minute. But um, so, of course, it wasn't rolled out immediately. I still don't have it. I don't know. I think I know a couple people who do. My understanding, though, now when I read through the help center, is of course it won't be rolled out at once, all at once. It'll be rolled out gradually through the month of March. So um, I was originally going to wait to uh, publish a post um, and really talk much about it until I had it because I like to actually have something, experiment with it before I can comment on it. But that may not be possible. Um, I, so I still I plan on having a, because I've already started writing a blog post in the meantime, just kind of in preparation um, I'm probably just going to publish it regardless of whether I have the feature or not. So make sure you check out johnlimmer.com slash adsets. That's adsets, A-D-S-E-T-S. That'll make more sense in a second um, because I will uh, I will publish something regardless that will come out by the time you listen to this. So what do you need to know? Um, up until today or, or now or whenever this is rolled out to you, the Facebook campaign structure has been very simple. It's just campaign, which is where you control the start and end date and um, your daily or lifetime budget. That's it. And your ads, which is where all you do all the individual targeting, is your creative, your bidding. Okay. Um, now the problem with that is that you know a lot of people have a lot of issues with this because in Facebook's optimization, so. Um, you would create several ads. Uh, a lot of people would create several ads with different target groups and different creative and imagery and all this stuff all within the same campaign. And it ended up being kind of a waste of time because Facebook could pick and choose what they'd optimize. And what the, what you would do is then create separate campaigns. Because, you'd, for example, you'd want to make sure that you spend a certain amount targeting fans, a certain amount targeting non-fans. Well, the beauty of uh, the new structure is this does help things quite a bit and should really better organize um, what you're doing. So now it's going to be broken down by campaign, ad sets, and ads. And if you've done any Google advertising, this should be familiar to you. 
personally, I'm not a big um, AdWords guy. I've done a little bit of it, um, but it's not one of those things where like, oh, great, this is just like Google now for me, but it may be for you. So let's break it down. What does it mean? So with and within campaigns, first of all, you know, this is where everything falls under, right? So it goes into that order of campaigns, ad sets, ads. So broad to narrow. Campaigns now will be where you, you set your objective. So if I understand Facebook properly, you will essentially only have a few campaigns because you will no longer be setting your start and end date here um, or your budget or your, or your uh, daily or lifetime budget. So you, what, you, what you're going to do is break it down uh, by objective. So it'd be things like clicks to website, website conversions, page post engagement, page likes, app installs, app engagement, offer claims, and event responses. Um, that said, you could break it down even further. So you don't just have to use Facebook's objectives only, at least the way I understand it. Again, I don't have it, so I can't experiment with it. But the way I interpret this, um, you may even break down, for example, specific types of conversions. Um, so sales, regi- uh, webinar registrations, email newsletter signups, etc. Um, we'll see. It's possible you could lump all those types of conversions under one conversion campaign, but I do think that's going to make it more too complicated. I really do. So I would break that down into types of conversions. Um, so that's that's campaigns. Um, now in ad sets, which is the next level down, this and what Facebook wants you to do with ad sets is to kind of to uh, okay, this is where you lump together um, your targeting. So all ads that will be targeted at fans that your goal is to get clicks to website should go into this ad set. And all ads that are going to be targeted, say your website custom audiences, should go on this one. All that are going in, all that are targeting your email list should go on this one, on and on and on. And to be clear there, you could again break that down even more. So you've got types of custom audiences that are segmented. Um, you could have all all your website visitors over the last 30 days, all of your website visitors over the last seven days, all of your website visitors today, and optimize for those. So um, you, you might want to break it down even more. But ad sets, again, lumping together identical target audiences. Hope that makes sense. But the beauty of this is, again, so this falls under the campaign structure, uh, but within each ad set, you can... You can set different start end dates and different um, budgets, daily or lifetime budgets. So I felt, I thought that was kind of cool. So you could have the same goals, but you would say, oh, I want to dedicate 80% of this money to fans and 20% to, say, my email subscribers. Okay. Um, And maybe you're going to have a different start end date on those. So... So that's ad sets for you. Um, so again, examples of, of um, types of ad sets you create would be fans, email subscribers, 
website custom audience, lookalike audience, precise interests, partner categories. These are the things that are your target groups. Now, again, you'll, you'll probably segment even those and create additional ad sets. All right, hope that makes sense. So then ads, that's just where you're working on the variations of potentially your bidding, uh, your copy, your imagery, if you use CTA buttons or not, your post types, so whether it's a link, it's a, whether it's a link, a, a photo or a video or text update. These are all your variations that will go into those ad sets. And again, they're all the same target group within each ad set, within a particular ad set, break that down. So example, and, and placement is also another variation. So example would be link share without a CTA button that goes into the newsfeed. Link share with the learn more CTA, CTA button that also goes into newsfeed. Link share shop now CTA button, newsfeed, and then variations of each of those for the sidebar. Okay. Um, so again, all of them are going to the same group of people. Um, so that's, if that makes sense, that is the new campaign structure in a nutshell. Um, and personally, I think this is going to be really good because now Facebook, what they're going to do, their optimization will actually be, I think, a lot less frustrating. So, for example, um, you've got it broken down by, by objective, okay? You've got it broken down now by target group. So within that target group, which ad works best? I think that's what you want to find out. So if one ad runs way more than the other, that's fine. Facebook's optimizing that for you. But you, we were really confusing Facebook with our optimization before um, because we're putting ads with different audiences within the same campaign. And, you know, that's, especially if you're targeting fans, you should expect to get different results than you target not fans, for example. So I never really understood lumping those, lumping similar audiences together anyway. So I've been creating separate campaigns in the past. Now that will just be separate ad sets within the same campaign. So what am I going to do? I think I, you've kind of, you're following along here. Um, again, it's, I don't think it'll just be for me like five or six different campaigns based on the very specific, very, I guess, broad objective of page like page post engagement, website conversion, clicks to website, etc. Um, I will break it down beyond that. So the page like one's easy. That should cover everything. But um, the conversions, I'm going to create different campaigns depending on what the conversion is. So whether it's selling my, my Power Editor course or my Insights course or my one-on-one, -on -one, um, those all need to be separate because response should be separate or should be different, right? Um, so I don't want Facebook necessarily optimizing and choosing one product over the other. I want to promote all three products separately. So, uh, and then, you know, the same thing, I think, with, you know, clicks to website. I'll, I, that one, I'm going to have to create a whole bunch of campaigns because, you, I don't know if you know this, I promote every single new blog post I write. So I'm not going to lump that, lump all those promoted posts within the same campaign, basically a different, uh, I would even be under the same ad set, which doesn't even make sense. So I will create a new campaign each time there's a new blog post. But within it, 
I will create ad sets for fans, website custom audience, uh, and subscribers. I could go beyond that and do other non-fans as well, but that's kind of the approach I've been taking anyway, but creating separate campaigns in the past when I promote the post. All right, so that's kind of uh, you know what we're looking at here. Again, if any of this is off base, my apologies. It's kind of hard when I've yet to experiment with it. So, but that's the way I envision using it. Okay, so uh, raise that bottle. Cheers. Okay, finally now, um, I read I wrote a blog post early in the week called "Facebook Did Something and Marketers Will Screw It Up." <laughs> And uh, I'm not going to completely retell that. That doesn't make any sense because we're actually doing audio versions of all blog posts now. So you should make sure to check that out. But um, I just want to touch on on this a little bit again, um, just on the, the feature change itself. So when I wrote that post is really in response to first initially about this new feature of tagging pages and reaching fans of pages who don't like your page. Um but eventually I realized that this is something that's evergreen and it applies to just about any feature that Facebook rolls out that uh, marketers can take advantage of, I guess, and completely abuse it, unfortunately. So if you want to read that post or even listen to it, I'm going to do an audio version. Just go to johnloomer.com slash shiny. But otherwise, um, I just want to talk about what, what this is now. Um, and kind of break it down a little bit. So, and this is something I I noticed, started noticing, man, several months ago, I'd say, and I even remember mentioning it on an old webinar uh, when Do Awesome Things mini webinar just started. And it's my weekly webinar, if you don't know. And I've been doing it every single week since October, I think. I'm not sure. So I'm going to, I'm going to date this back to around that period of time where the particular example I was seeing was, um, I think it was, it was either posts about the Milwaukee Brewers or Green Bay Packers, which I am a fan of both, not only of their teams, but of their, their Facebook pages. But what I was seeing in my news feed was other brands that I do not like, I do not like their pages, mentioning or tagging the Milwaukee Brewers or Green Bay Packers um, in their own posts. And I was seeing that in my newsfeed. And I gotta be honest with you, I found it really, really valuable and useful. Um, because a lot of times, you know, other news outlets out there reporting about something I care about and give me a different perspective than just those individual fan pages would. So I thought it was pretty awesome. And it, I would, I would, and it was this, first of all, this is organic, it's not advertising. And I was never like, what is this doing in my newsfeed? This was this was valuable stuff. Facebook knows I care about these brands. And they're really more than brands, but um, and they showed it to me in my newsfeed. And it was it was useful. And I think um, as a result of that test, Facebook saw that from other users as well. That users engaged with this content. Um, they weren't hiding it, they were embracing it. So as a result, um, Facebook rolled it out globally. Now, here's the issue. It was really effective when it wasn't rolled out globally. It was just being tested, and there was nothing official that this is happening. What I worry is going to happen is that brands are going to try to abuse it. 
I say try because I don't think they're, I mean, they'll be successful in annoying users, but I don't think anyone will be successful in gaming the system. Let me explain how it works. So I, for example, if I tagged the Milwaukee Brewers and wrote a post, um, I could not expect to be seen in the, in the news feeds of Milwaukee Brewers fans, people who follow that page, um, from my fan page, because who, people who don't like my page. And the reason for that is pretty simple. First of all, me writing that post, my audience is like, what the heck is this? No one's going to engage with it. Facebook looks to see that there's a lot of engagement with that post before sharing it with non-fans. That's number one. The second thing is that they look at the commonalities between the two audiences. So between John Limmer Digital and, and Milwaukee Brewers. And I think we all know we're, what Facebook's going to find is that there's just no similarities at all in terms of our audiences. So they're, they're not going to waste their time. Um. So what this means is, and I think, and I've seen it most with, with bigger brands, which, which makes sense, where let's um, try to think of a social media parallel where maybe it would be Mari Smith mentioning social media examiner. Um, there's already a very common audience there anyway, where the fans of Mari Smith, the, the, the cross section, I guess, the fans of Mari Smith and um, Social Media Examiner, those people are already going to see it. But if Facebook sees that, I don't know, 50%, I'm not 50, I don't know, 50% of Mari's fans are also fans of Social Media Examiner, um, they may then show it to non fans of Social Media Examiner because she tagged them. So that's, that's the way it works. Um, and I think it'll be effective, but what I worry is going to happen is that brands are going to see, oh, this is a way to increase reach. I can reach pe more people and Facebook is screwing me from reaching my own fans. I might as well hijack some conversations. Um, so I, I guarantee this is going to happen, especially in our niche. You're going to see a lot of people like us, but I'm not going to do it, tagging Social Media Examiner, Mari Smith, Mashable, TechCrunch, all Facebook, Inside Facebook, uh, Amy Porterfield, all the bigger audiences hoping that they're going to reach more people. Um, chances are it's not going to work because unless, and it goes, it's it's not so much does your fan base need to also like that page. It really has to go the other way around. Before Facebook says, okay, I'm going to show this content to Social Media Examiner, they're looking at my understanding. How many people like social media, who, who likes social media examiner also like this page. And if your page is 500 fans in it, there's just no way you can expect to get that benefit, which I think is right. Okay. I mean, granted this slants heavily to the big brands and yeah, they can kind of hijack this stuff. Um, but, uh, I think what we got want to avoid here and what Facebook I'm sure wants to avoid too is just the tag spam, the ridiculous just tagging for the sake of increasing reach, hopefully without worrying about is does this actually add value by doing it. So I think what we're going to find with this is that, yeah, 
brands are going to abuse it. But I think especially the small brands or the brands with audiences that aren't consistent or relevant, what they're going to find quickly is it just doesn't work. So I think it'll be similar to just the crazy hashtag spamming we saw when the hashtags rolled out. And we've seen really very little impact from that from hashtags. That it'll be it'll be um, a trend that we'll see for a little bit. But if no one sees an impact, it'll be basically be an experiment. And it'll fade away. So overall though, you know, and kind of again the motivation for writing that post, I just I just wish that overall brands would have the right motivation for their content. It's not all about the reach. And it's not all and if you're if you're obsessed with that metric, which a lot of people are, they will do everything they can to try, try to game the system. And that goes back to the hashtags. It goes back to using text updates. It goes back to using photo updates even before then. Um, and and using like lame calls to action, all this stuff. I'm, again, I mentioned that blog post. And it really dilutes the value of our content. It's just you, you have the wrong motivation. It's not to inspire or inform, educate. All you care about is reaching more people. And when that's your motivation, the value is going to take a hit. So that's really that. Um, so again, for more on that, just make sure you go to johnlimmer.com slash shiny for my whole rant. Okay. So, man, that's, I think that's about it. I just called up, uh, called over our bartender, asked for the tab. God, you're so cheap. And you forgot your wallet again? <sighs> Figures. But um, you're my friend. I'll take care of you. Um, now, before we go, just want to make sure you know about something I released last week. It's um, my, uh, you know, um, infographic series that I've been focusing on for 2014, trying to do more and more, you know, be more and more imagery conscious, you know, release infographics that are helpful um, every so often. And my latest one is Insights Terms Glossary that has been you know, pretty pretty uh, popular so far. So I encourage you to check it out. It has all the, the various insights terms that you need to know. Really good one to bookmark, save later in case, uh, and maybe even print it out and put it on your wall, right, in case you need it. So just go to johnlumer.com slash glossary for that one. Hopefully you know how to spell glossary, right? If not, you might not be my target audience. Just kidding. So anyway, thanks again. Thanks so much for joining me in this week's social media podcast. Until next time, do awesome things. I'm out. Thank you.